0: Irreverent. entertaining cool you're listening to la talk radio
1: you're listening to raising the vibration with sheena metal only on la talk radio
2: That's right. It's Raising the Vibration right here on L.A. Talk Radio. We're thrilled to be here with you as we are every Monday from 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific Time. And where else would we be but the wonderful L.A. Talk Radio that has been my home now for um, the past eight years? Raising the Vibration is now in its second month. We're a month old and uh, basically uh, it's an offshoot of a peace movement that I started on November 9th because of some of the divisiveness and the anger that I saw post-presidential election and uh, started this show because I'm focusing on people that I love that are constantly asking, what can I do to make the world a better place? If you're interested in joining the movement, um, I am Raising the Vibration of the Nation and the World. We're at IamRaisingTheVibration.com. Please go and find us there. And for more info on the show, we're at RaisingTheVibrationRadio.com and also at LATalkRadio.com. And on social media, I'm pretty much just at Sheena Metal. Find me there. And we have a brand new Facebook page. Um, If you go to Facebook.com slash Raising the Vibration Radio, join us there. I'm very excited about that. That's just a day old. My guest, all this show, is one of my dearest friends and a wonderfully talented artist, a brilliant humanist, and a loving spiritualist. And I can think of nobody that I would rather have our month anniversary with than her. Please welcome to the show my dear friend, the wonderful and beautiful soul, Deborah Wilson.
3: How are you? I am so grateful to be here. I and love I'm that you I'm honored and blessed that you uh, have asked me to come and join this new amazing journey with you. I'm I, grateful, I, grateful. Grateful, grateful. And it serves such an amazing uh, opportunity for me as well. So it's blessings all around. Very, I, very blessed all around.
2: I could not. You were on my very short list at the very beginning. Um, I can't think of somebody I'd rather share this with. And I think you've seen in the time that we've been friends... Sort of my journey of moving even more and more into being a spiritualist and more of my spiritual side. Absolutely.
3: And having the, the physical world and the three dimensional world, you know, be your classroom and, 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 a, and a very challenging classroom at times, you know, a very, very challenging professor. You know, the, the world can be a very, very challenging professor, especially when you're ready to hit your PhD, where the work becomes even more aggressive. And so the, it takes a physical toll on you from the transitioning of your mother and the transition of my mother and yeah and life changes and physical changes physical health changes and and saying okay i can deal with this i'm supposed to deal with this because it is going to support and supplement the make and measure of who i am and who i am continuing to be so that i can manifest all that strength on the inside see what it looks like on the outside and be ready and prepared for the opportunity of the greater yet to be
2: Absolutely. I feel like everything I have ever done in my life, I have felt that three times in my life, the first time I stepped on a stage as an actor, I felt like everything I had done in my life was preparing me for that. The first time I sat behind a microphone and did radio, which was supposed to be for one night and now we're 22 and a half years and going, I felt like everything I had ever done in my life had prepared me for that. And the day I started this movement, I feel like everything in my life has prepared me for that. And, you know, I don't know if this was your experience when your mother passed. You know, my mother was a brilliant spiritualist and psychic medium. And the day that she died, as she was sort of, as she was dying, very close to the end, and she was, I could feel her almost unraveling the connection between us. Like, I liken it to how it, when you watch someone untie an ice skate where it's coming from both sides... And it was such a strange feeling to feel her sort of unraveling that tie in the three-dimensional world. And the first thing that popped into my head was, she's letting me go. And then shortly after she passed, within 24 hours, I felt like she just gave me a download of a lot of her gifts. And any gifts that I had as a spiritualist and as somebody with extrasensory gifts, I mean, just a hundred times over got stronger the day that she passed.
3: Wow. Yeah.
2: And and it's it's a scientific thing in the three-dimensional world as well. And
3: scientists, whether they're atheists or whether they're agnostic or whether they're believers, will tell you that matter, uh, it can be changed, but it can't be destroyed. It's not possible for it to be destroyed. And so it continues to uh, change and transform into another form of matter, whether it be gas or or, or whatever it is, uh, it, it, it changes. And so, as it continues to change, it leaves behind something that is beneficial and for the greater good of what was left behind. Absolutely, absolutely. and that's the same thing spiritually, emotionally, psychologically.
2: Absolutely. And then that was followed by this amazing strength of almost feeling like she sits on my right shoulder. And and guides me, and I've been wanting since she passed on March 11th to do something in her honor and and to carry on her work as a spiritualist and as a humanist, and I didn't know what that thing was. I just knew I wanted to do something, and then lo and behold, the election happened and i you know we all woke up the next day to a lot of people crazy and arguing and i know you're not on social media right now so you didn't get the worst of it and i i thought there's got to be another solution there's got to be a way that that americans can find some kind of a middle ground you don't have to agree with each other you don't have to vote the same way you don't have to like each other's candidates you don't even have to like each other but we do have to realize that this is a place in our country in our world where we all have to coexist together that takes spirituality though
3: yeah, sure. That takes spirituality. Otherwise, it's like playing pinball. You have the mechanisms and you have the ball and you have the pinball machine and it's plugged in and you're using your thumbs and you're using the bumpers and everything. But you can't rely on it but so much. You can't rely on your coordination and your eye-hand coordination but so much. You bumping it so much. The, to a certain extent, you're also beholden to how that ball is going to move with the gravity. And sometimes it's a luck of the draw. And we get frustrated so that ball disappears and another ball comes and you realize that you're playing a game that you don't always win and you're beholden to forces around you. And the only time you can be in control is when you have a foundation of a belief system greater than yourself, something outside of yourself um, that uh, empowers you, something that gives you faith, something that is unseen on the unseen side of life that works through you um, and as you. And until you find that sense of spirituality, you will always feel a sense of separation, not only from other people, but from yourself as well. And you will continue to perpetuate what you see in the physical world and how you experience the physical world and the three-dimensional world by seeing things that differ as opposed to how we're all the same. And as you continue to do that, You'll find people to consort with that have that same opinion so you can continue to validate your experience in the three-dimensional world Sure. instead of really taking the time to find oneself, find one's inner peace, and validate a much greater and much stronger truth that has a deeper and more powerful and more long-lasting foundation, and which I, is
2: spirituality. Absolutely. And I have found that in this time period, in the two and a half months uh I guess in a few days, it'll be three months that I've been doing this movement, is there are people who are so stuck in their identity in the three-dimensional world that they don't want to move into this idea of peace and love and kindness and unity. They they're they want to fight. They're stuck in their old habits. And they it's scary for them to think of maybe just letting it go and saying, I, I don't care if my neighbor is right or wrong. I don't care if I'm right or wrong you know you can still continue to fight for what you believe in you can still be a proactive citizen and do all the things that goes with that you know no one's asking you to just sit around a campfire and sing kumbaya and stop caring about the world but for me you can care about the three-dimensional world and at the same time you can care about the spiritual world and intertwine them and that's what a full life as a human being is. but you also have to you also have to not give the truest
3: investment and not be so vested in the ego see the ego is is once you once you vested into the ego the ego says well i don't want to look wrong i don't want to look stupid absolutely. i don't want to look bad absolutely um and and so it doesn't want to turn around to have to grow. It's almost like the same old adage uh, or saying you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, once I'm here, I need to continue to justify because justification of the three-dimensional world, justification of my behavior um, makes me less responsible towards another human being because I don't want to be responsible for hurting another human being. So I need to use my ego to validate why it's okay to still behave the way I do. Absolutely.
2: But don't you think... That there are, there are times in, and hopefully everyone's life, but in many, many people's lives, where uh, a light bulb goes off in their head. They see something, they hear something, they read something, and then suddenly they start to think, uh, look at themselves from the outside and think, you know what, there are some behaviors that I want to change. A light bulb goes off instantaneously
3: all the time right in your conscious awakening moment and, and in your subconscious sleeping moments right a light bulb goes off all the time it's just a matter of saying i'm choosing to get in tune yeah. because when that's the case the universe will continue to bring in opportunity because the opportunity is there it exists it's all around us like oxygen yeah and so as long as we choose not to then we will always neglect it It's not like we don't know it's not there. We know it's there. We choose to neglect it.
2: Yeah, I agree. I I thought if you had asked me 10 years ago, I would have told you, oh, I'm such a spiritual person and I'm so into my spirituality. Uh, In the last, well, eight years since I've been here at LA Talk Radio, the last five years more specifically, the last... Three years more specifically and this last year and the year before, I mean, um, each year specifically, I have grown so much and and uh, there's been so much more surrender and so much more um, allowing myself to meld and be part of the whole. And I realize now looking back at my 10 year ago self, how much I was still stuck in ego, how much I was still thinking about me instead of about we and how much work I still had to do. So it's it's a continuing journey. Your classroom was 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 a very wide beginning for you
3: until it turned out to be not only the classroom but the entire building and then uh, and then and through that 10-year journey through that whole decade journey you realized that you were not only the student but the teacher the principal the vice principal the building the office the secretaries the dean you were everyone and you then consciously gave yourself permission to graduate and move through that and in doing so in in moving to the place you are now your mother's transition like my mother's transition was necessary yeah it was necessary for what you needed to do and what our mothers have already done they were ready Whether their bodies were ready or not, but they were ready to move to the next level of consciousness um, because the world will dictate a certain amount. With my mother, I know that the world dictated a certain amount because she had pancreatic cancer and she was gone within three months. And so although the world dictated that, she still had the opportunity to reflect on what she was leaving behind physically and what she was leaving behind emotionally to move forward so that each and every one of us in the family and each and every one of us in the community that loved her and knew her uh, was going to either choose to grow and move forward and accept that amazing and profound gift because it's not just her transition. It is a gift for each and every one of us if we are ready to open the package. But the package is a challenging, emotional thing to do absolutely, because we have to go through the five stages of Greece. grief. Greece. We have to go through the five, five stages. We come of together. That was the first one. <laughs> we have to go through the five stages of But once we go through those five stages of grief, we get a chance to choose how that life continues to like in science absolutely give us something that we can move forward with the baton has been passed are you going to
2: run absolutely you know i talk about her every week on the show and i mean on all of my shows here but this week on raise on raise the vibration i talk about her every week and i don't know how i couldn't since the movement was founded in her honor and her memory um she always from the time i was very young made sure she let me know in the gentlest of ways because she was a very gentle hearted person that there would be a time when I would be on the earth without her and we she would always say this really funny thing first serious then funny she would say you have to promise me that when I die you're not going to die too kid you have to promise me you will go on and you will keep doing what you're here in the world to do and you will be sad and you will miss me, but you will know I'm always with you and you'll keep going. And then I would always say to her, well, what if I die first? And then she would say, then I'm absolutely going to die right away. <laughs> and say, well, that's, well, that's not fair. But that I know. Was, she would always say that. But <laughs> But there was this understanding that someday this day would come, right? And I'm so thankful that I had almost 49 years with her. Amen. You know, because it could have been a lot less. And I'm thankful for every day that we had together and I hope that in, in, in every way that I could I made every day that we had together count yes. I really believe that she chose to go I think she was ready and I think she had gotten to a point in her life where she felt like she couldn't really give to the world what she wanted to and she was somebody who was always giving to the world and I think she was just ready to be done with the body that wasn't working that great yeah and in, in a place of, of spirit, because when she passed uh, within hours, I she passed in the morning and I did all the stuff at the hospital I had to do. I drove to her house, interestingly enough, because uh, to pick up my laundry. But then when I as soon as I walked in the house, I, I was like, I cannot leave without taking every crystal that meant something to her. So I found a box in the garage and I packed up all of her favorite quartz and amethyst and rose quartz. I put them in a box because I had to take them with me to my house. And it was like she was telling me to. So as I was walking up the drive, I kind of stumbled backwards because I'd been up all night with her and I was exhausted. And I felt her move through me. And then we both kind of startled each other. And she jumped back and I jumped forward. And the first thing I remember feeling was that she was so powerful and she felt not like the older lady who I'd been taking care of and mothering, but like this, this rock star when I was a kid, this big, strong, tough, you know, the age that I am now. Mm-hmm. And she felt just like that. And I thought, isn't that a beautiful thing? First, that when you tell God you're ready to go home, you can go home. Yes. And secondly, that as soon as you no longer are stuck in a meat suit... All of your power comes back yes. and you're bigger than you ever were. Absolutely. And she has really been this beautiful, communicative, guiding force in my life since the day she passed. There are times when I miss her so bad because I just want to pick up the phone and hear her voice. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I'm so thankful to have her with me all the time and so happy for her that she's in a place where she can thrive because she just was no longer feeling that way here. Yes, you know, and so, um, I feel like as I'm doing this movement, she's with me every step of the way. And the one thing that she wasn't good about, she was terribly shy. Mm. She was brilliant, but she wasn't a good speaker, and she wasn't good in front of people because you know, she was terrified. So I think I have the gift of being her voice, and i I like to say I spent the first half of my life soaking up her teachings and i'm going to spend the next half sharing them with the world yes and everything this movement is about is everything she's about and you know she was a metaphysicist closet metaphysicist since the 50s when we moved here in the 80s she came out and helped a lot of my friends go through their spiritual transitions and And not in like a pretentious, you know, she was in a stars and moons glow in the dark moo moo kind of way, (laughs) but just in this really organic, practical spirituality way where she could talk as easily about the teachings of Christ as she could about Buddha, as she could about practicality of spirituality and how how to make it applicable to your everyday life. And especially about this idea of the positive reset and the glass half full and, you know, keeping your vibration up and keeping your energy pure and clean. Those were really her things. And I really believe that that those are the things that enrich humanity on a daily basis. Truly, truly so. And, and I,
3: I couldn't agree with you more. And I can't validate what you said any more than, than what you what you said. I, I can't. Uh, so profound that I'm actually a little speechless. Um <laughs> well, When was the last time powerful. that happened? <laughs> yeah, I know, me of all people, but yeah, it's so profound and so beautiful and so truthful that it, I'm speechless because I've already feel it. It's it's there's an inner peace that comes from that amazing truth that you uh that you live uh and that you activate on a daily basis especially now. So, uh I'm not just hearing words, I know that they're active. And as you continue to activate, you're now recapitulating the activation through words. And so, um, yeah, I'm pretty speechless.
2: And, you know, I know I know how I know why people choose to not be on social media. I get it. But I have chosen to stay there and to immerse myself in it because there are people there that need my help. And I'm I'm learning as time goes on how to protect myself so that I don't allow myself to get so drained that my own physicality can't keep up with it because that's been a challenge this year. I've had some health problems, and I think a lot of it was giving too much to the world and not keeping enough to keep me healthy. Yes, um, I'm learning how to, uh, you know, truly be of the world and truly be in service all the time. I mean, I, I think I always thought I was, but but now it's my number one priority. And there are a lot of people... You know, now we do a lot of our communicating through social media. We do that more than we than we sit somewhere and meet in a circle. We do it on social media, and there are people who just need love, need to know it's going to be okay. You know, you're going to rock your chemo today. Your dog's going to be okay. Grandma's going to be okay. I hope you get the job. I hope you book the acting gig. Just that's how I spend the end of every night. When I'm too tired to do anything else, I just go through my Facebook timeline uh, home feed and I just put hearts, places and prayers and good luck and congratulations. And, you know, I know in in times in my life when tough things have happened, uh, just reading all those comments gives you a little better reset. And if it helps somebody the next day to smile a little more or feel a little lighter uh, then that then my job is done. And that, you know, on a small level, that's really what I am raising the vibration of the nation and the world is about to me. On a larger level, it's about can we reach people and can we can we get people, like you said, Deborah, to hit that place where you stop and say, wait a minute. How could I how can I become a little more humane? How can I become a little more spiritual? What changes can I make in me to let my ego go more? And to become a little more immersed in the us instead of the me. And
3: go deeper into a piece because a lot of things that people uh, respond to and a lot of things that people react to, respond and react, is chaos and drama. Yeah. Yeah. People are very good at dealing with absorbing and putting back out and adding to the mix that chaos and drama. Absolutely. So they don't realize that they're putting out this energy, this vibration that's of a lower dimension, and that those lower dimensional beings and people will gravitate towards it. It's food. It's, n- it's nourishment. Yeah. It's McDonald's. It's Burger King. It's fast right. food. It's the
2: wrong kind of nourishment. Yes. yes,
3: exactly. But it's nourishment to them because they feed off of it. And they will put back out another vibration that is equally low, but as equally strong. Yeah. So it's like McDonald's. It tastes so good and Burger King and fast food and junk food, but it's dead, which is why you can continue to eat it and eat it and eat it, because food that is nutritious of a higher value and a higher order fills you up to the point in which... You find that space of peace where you're satisfied. Yeah. And satisfaction allows you to stop. And being able to stop allows you an opportunity to be in the moment. And being in the moment allows you an opportunity to find a deeper inner peace uh, uh, instantaneously. You know, even if it's Absolutely. just for, for seconds at a time. Yeah. And so food is, is very powerful in that regard, especially when it's natural, when it's healthy, when it's organic, when it hasn't been tampered with because it's made of love. It's created of love. Um, and and therefore, it has a higher purpose in the body and the mind and the soul and the spirit. Other than the junk food. But the junk food is synonymous with staying at that lower vibration where it's much easier to receive that type of food and not care that there's no nutrition in it because it's delicious. And you can also, the waste product you put back out, which is criticism, jealousy, fear, anger, frustration, um, all of those things that you feel like you have no control over, um, you put back out into the world. You put back out into the world, you, and you're feeding your friends with it. You're feeding yeah. your family. You're feeding the the Facebook community with
2: it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If you're on social media, you're feeding the world with it. You're feeding anybody it encounters. Yeah, and there, and there's a there's a fake, there there's a faux happiness in that. There's a faux happiness in, in all the things that for me are, are the um the definition of darkness drama chaos tearing apart people instead of putting them together criticism criticism judgment bigotry uh, hatred anger uh, these are all things that I mean. All of us get angry, but senseless anger, continuing anger, being angry over very small things, and and keeping yourself in that place of anger, and and these are and and people that that are still in that place are chaos creators, and you sort of need to to give them some space in your life. That's a that's a, a path to happiness right there. Is yeah, to separate yourself from that and
3: giving giving them love. Giving them love, even if it's what I call LFD. Even if it's giving love from distance. Yeah. You know, but making sure that because no one has ever been criticized or hated into greater experience and and into greater yet to be. So my thing is when people are loved through whatever experience that they're going through and whatever negative or dark experience that they're continuing to evolve around and in and and matriculate themselves in, when it's pure love for the sake of love and for no other reason than love— People have an opportunity to stop and stand still because what they're expecting from the lack of nutrition is to receive, you know, that three-dimensional stuff back at them, which is also not nutritious. And they expect that. And when you uh, um, literally put a kibosh on their expectations, that's also another reason that it becomes nutritious for them to go, let me stop a moment. Let Let me stop a moment. Someone appreciated me even when I was rude or mean. And they have no choice but to look at their behavior. They may not say anything out loud because of their ego not wanting them to take responsibility for that behavior on a moral level, uh, you know, on on a definitely on a moral fibrous level. But inside, no matter where you go, there you are. So inside they go, wait a minute, this is what I was expecting in this outcome and I didn't get it. If I behave this way, I'm expecting to have people be as equally combative because that's my fodder to continue. That's my soil to continue. Absolutely. That's my fertilizer to continue. So if I make you mad and you get mad, then I use my justification to continue to be mad at you and say, see, this is why I'm angry. See, this is why I lash out. But not taking responsibility for creating the stimuli to be lashed out at so that you can lash back out. Um, and so when you don't do that, when you don't follow that when you completely go and take that break the universe the light energy of the universe is so powerful that somebody eventually has to stop they fight it and push against a wall that they can't knock down and eventually they stop and when they stop they're not just looking at what you did and what you said and and your energy that you put out they're also looking at their behavior they're now making comparison to how in this equation They have to look at all the individual components and in any equation you're looking at the numbers that you're adding up or you're dividing or you're subtracting or whatever mathematical equation it is but in this mathematical equation called spirituality and morality you then have to not only look at the equation of the person who's putting out that powerful chi that powerful love vibration but you have to look at your part of the equation to see where it doesn't equal up yeah yeah. You That's, have to look at your part of the equation and say, Well, it, it it's not adding up. But now I'm looking at my behavior whereas I never looked at it before.
2: Yeah. It's it's true. I don't I don't argue anymore. People put nasty things somewhere uh, I just send them love back. And they don't quite know what to do with it. And it's okay because I didn't do it for them. I did it for f- putting positivity into the universe. But I find that um, sometimes, like you said, people will throw something negative out just hoping you'll throw something negative back. And the next thing you know, you're in a chaos tennis match. And it's lobbying back and forth. With, and I just I won't. I don't want to play. I don't want to play because I don't want it in my energy field. I don't want to bring that kind of negativity to the world. There's enough negativity I don't have to add to it. And I also believe that it's not healthy for my physical, emotional, spiritual well-being to engage in that kind of negativity.
3: And what you're putting out in the universe, you have to hold that energy sacred. You You can't just hold it as important and valuable and prioritize it. That is a sacred energy because that is how the universe works through you and moves through you and gives to you and, you know, and gives through you. So it is important for that vessel to be as aware, as self-aware as possible and as self-loving as possible to recognize when an experience is not supporting that self-love.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I think of you as being one of the most empathic people that I know. I, I, as as I send love and worries sometimes to all of my friends that I adore. Uh, I, I, because you are such a, a vessel of love and of light, and you you live so openly and you open yourself up to so much around you. Um, how how are you dealing with this time in our country? I'm excited. I'm excited
3: for the next four years. I'm excited for now because I have so much to pray on, and at the same time. People don't realize that if you believe in the three-dimensional world, if you believe that uh, all of this stuff is going on is shit, this is your perfect opportunity to be fertilizer. So I need all of this to happen um, for me to be able to fertilize it. You know? Fertilize, you, you know, what are you fertilizing if not for the shit? Uh, <laughs> and so it's necessary because people are... This is another reason that we're drawing it in psychically as a country. Individually we're drawing all of this energy in um whether we chose to vote for or vote against. This is being drawn out psychically so that certain things rise to the top that have to be looked at in terms of a mirror reflection. In other words, when people a lot of people voted for Donald Trump, they said he's a man of the people because he's not a politician. And he's not going to take crap. And he may be crass, but he speaks the truth. And that was sort of the way a lot of people felt. A lot of people who were voting Republican felt, uh, uh, meaning, you know, the the masses, the blue-collar workers and everyone in between, wanted a change. They were looking for a change. Uh, uh, And so they felt this was going to be an amazing change that was going to represent them. But as this continues to happen, they will begin to see a shift in how they are different in terms of being represented. They're going to recognize that I can't leave it up to everyone else to support what I need to do. And I need to start listening, discerning and disseminating all the things that are going on and the after effects and the repercussions in my community, in my neighborhood, in the media, what's going on. And as that continues to happen in the next four years, people are going to start taking a different sense of responsibility where things are going to be more galvanized. Those who are moving towards that light vibration are going to be more galvanized than they've ever been before. But you needed something that was going to support that, because if you're going to be galvanized in such a powerful and prolific and profound way, then you need, on, an, on on the opposite side, something that is going to be powerful and prolific
2: as the the current administration and how you feel about it. Sure. Yeah, yeah I think that we're seeing more people, when you were talking about um, voted for or voted against, we have to also remember that huge amount that just didn't vote, period. And it seems that now people are sort of awake. You know, I write something every day, uh, a little something on IamRaisingTheVibration.com, and I have one that I'm I'm just waiting for the right time in the next couple days to write, and it's about waking up from the slumber of apathy. And there has been a lot of apathy in our country. And now whether you're on the right or you're on the left or you're pro-Trump or you're pro-Clinton or you're pro-neither, people are starting to stand up and wake up and and do things write letters make calls protest uh help their fellow man uh it's like we're waking up from an anesthesia that's been going on for a very long time in our country and it's it's exciting to me to see how fired up people are and how people are trying now they're seeking answers they're not just believing what they read on the internet Uh, Some people, some people are not waking up, but that there's a a hunger to get to the truth, that there's a a search now for for answers to spiritual questions and sociopolitical questions and and emotional questions and that that people are doing things like that beautiful women's march. Uh, with so many women marching and or, you know, protesting, whatever it is, uh, you know, defending our Muslim brothers and sisters from the ban. And people are getting out to help each other and thinking more about us being one human family. Yes. And less about, well, that's not my community, so I don't need to get off my couch for that.
3: Yes. And apathy is synonymous, especially in this time period, apathy is synonymous with helplessness. And I think a lot of people felt helpless, and that's why they didn't vote. Yeah. Um, and there are others that, you know, there was also others that said, I just, I, I, don't, I don't believe in this political system, and I choose not to experience it, but I will do things in my community Okay. Um, um, instead. Hey. I don't think it's all of that, but I think um, um, a lot of apathy uh, on a majority of level in this country, especially a- around this, this political climate and, and the race itself, had to do with feeling helpless and feeling like I don't trust anyone to help me and yet I'm not doing anything for myself. And I think the new administration is a catalyst for people, like you said, to wake up And to continue to galvanize. But you had to have that administration. You have to have that in order to go, wow, I'm discerning and disseminating. And I'm also seeing the outcomes of things. So as we continue in the next four years as a country to watch the outcome of certain behaviors, we can then, as we take that path as a country, go, you know what, I'm getting off at this exit. I'm getting off at this exit. No, I'm going to get off at this exit. I'm going to follow through, but I, I, this doesn't really represent me and I'm getting off at this exit. So um, I think the initial approach was, is always like the initial approach, which is an uproar, you know, but then things settle in as you continue to have your daily life, but you'll still notice things enough to say, here's how I continue to galvanize in my community, as a, and not just as a larger community, but also as an individual. Because I'm going to see these things on an individual level. I'm going to be listening in the car and the radio and I'm going to be getting it on my iPhone and I'm going to be, you know, hearing news everywhere and getting snippets from late night talk shows and, and. You know, Bill Maher and and other political satirists uh, who are really, really vested in this country, you you know, you're going to get all that information. And as you continue to discern and disseminate that information, you're also going to see how you can handle things as an individual and what you can do. Um, And you're also going to feel to a certain extent that you need to watch out with everything that's going on and pay attention to the end result of of, of legislations and policies and who they affect and how they affect and what someone says and then doesn't follow through. I mean, you know, so far Donald Trump is not necessarily following through on, on 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 the campaign promises that were so powerful to begin with
2: right you know? following through on a, on a lot of the campaign promises but unfortunately not the ones often that have to do with more of the positive things like increasing jobs and and increasing you know I mean I think that that um, we got to a place and I noticed during the election, as we got closer and closer, and it was very frightening to me that people were just believing anything that came onto the internet. Not they wanted to. Yeah, they they just believed anything, not thinking about, wow, well, is this true, or should I check some sources? And and I think that's a little bit of the of the laziness and the apathy too. That I don't think it was blunt. I don't think it was apathy, as much as it was. Uh, blindness. You you
3: chose to be blind. People, you know, we're given a a great gift. Life is a great gift and one of the components that you're put in your bag when you come to this planet in the three dimensions is choice and people make choices and they let their egos, again, once you're vested in the ego because you're vested in the three-dimensional world, you make a choice because to be blind in a choice means I'm going to follow this through no matter what. So to a certain extent, it's a flip side of the same coin as a faith. I'm going to be blind. I'm going to be blind because I don't need to see I need to know that who I voted for and what I want is going to come to fruition. I have to have this happen. I need to have this happen. I've I've invested in having this happen and my ego is so invested in having this happen that anything that comes up, anything that I'm beginning to notice and take, take notice of, I'm going to have to stand behind that. I'm choosing to stand behind that because that's a part of the investment. So I have to look at the blocks that I'm putting together and in order to put those blocks together to make whatever tower you want to make you have to really invest in that you're yeah. putting that tower together so I think it's less apathy and more of people being blind and using this as uh, uh, almost like a religious fervor to say, I need to believe in this. I, 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 there's just so much at stake for me on an emotional and personal level and on a political level that I need to follow through. And so I'm choosing to do this. I'm choosing to turn a blind eye to anything that, uh, that puts my candidate in a bad light. Yeah. And I'm standing by this, and I'm going to stand by words and phrases, catchphrases. You know, make America great again. Yes, I'm standing by making America great. I'm not looking at the components of what that means and who has to suffer in order to make that great. I mean, because when we look at the history of our country and what made yeah. it great, yeah, you know, it was also, you know, you know, the Industrial Revolution to slavery. There were people that had to suffer and and nations that suffered. Uh, the Native American nation, the African American nation, the Chinese American nation. Yeah. I mean, there are the Irish, Irish American nation. Yeah, yeah, I was just about to go there. Um, and so you I know, beat you
2: all, to it. You know, all, I'm a strong, I'm a strong Irishman. I always beat you to it with that okay. <laughs> but, but this country was built on the backs of a lot of people absolutely who uh, oftentimes were unwilling many times were horribly underpaid and worked in horrible conditions or just plain got their land taken away and, and we don't like to tell that story now that doesn't mean I don't think this country's great because I do and I'm very proud to live in this country but uh, we have to be honest about, about what it is and about sometimes what a message means there's the key word though Honest, yeah, and I think
3: I think honesty does not go well with politics.
2: I agree, and i I think that's something that sometimes leads to this attitude. of, well, I just hate all politicians, I'm not voting. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I mean, I don't necessarily like that story. But I think sometimes that, that story is the truth. Yeah. Um, but, but I think it was important for Donald Trump to win, and I think he—I
3: I believed he was going to win simply because I knew that, that we are uh, our country and the world is coming to a turning point where it can't go on any further. And so things have to boil up and bubble up and then spill out for us to really go, I'm now taking a good look. I'm now. I'm now no longer apathetic. But you have to have situations come up in which you're no longer apathetic, too.
2: Yeah, I. I didn't know that he was going to win. I guess that was my own blindness. Um, but that's. But that's okay. You know, you you live and you learn, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, life is a constant learning experience.
3: Cult of, with Donald Trump, it was the cult of personality. Yeah,
2: yeah. So how are you? How have you dealt with? Uh, some of the divisions and I mean because I think we 've always had divisions in this country and and there's it 's really been sort of a boiling pot the last however many years, where it's started to boil up again as it has many times over the history of our country um, but I think especially since this election it's it 's gotten a little insane. Um, have you felt that even though you 're not on social media? Have you felt it in the real world no? Not at all, because my focus
3: is my focus and my spiritual practice keep me, uh, um, keep me focused and grounded in and with a deep inner peace. My daily rituals, my spiritual rituals, um, my prayer and meditation rituals keep me grounded uh, to the, the truth of God within me and keep me grounded and focused to allowing God to have a greater experience of itself through me. And so my vessel and my idea of what I want to put back out into the world is so powerfully met with the activation of prayer and meditation and then putting that out into the world as love that I haven't experienced that because I'm never approached with it. I think people only approach me in love because I approach them with love. People only approach me in joy because I approach them with joy. People only approach me in care because I approach them with care. And I don't think anyone has ever really approached me to have a discussion about it. There are others who were were in the in the in the aftermath of, you know, the the days following and just days following that were frustrated and I offered that you know, that I'm offering to you. And it seemed to quell something within them instead of them feeling like, no, I need to stoke the fire and I need to separate from you so my fire can be stoked. It was, wow, I'm feeling like I can give myself permission to douse myself a little from this flame. And it was a beautiful thing to watch people choose to activate in a way that said, I've got more to look at, and I'm giving myself the opportunity to throw in how I can serve my community as a part
2: of my equation. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. Um, yeah, that's interesting that you didn't feel it as much. What, what, what's a, how is your life different not being on social media? It's not um, I'm
3: still putting out love. I'm I'm still connecting to those who are meant to be connected to, and I think about those who I left behind on Facebook, and I pray for them, and I think of them, uh, even if I don't remember their names or what they look like, because I had so many people that I would connect with, uh, who just sent me messages, and uh, who would just write comments, who I'd never, you know, visited their pages. Because there were just so many of them. But uh, I made sure that before I left uh, twice, I put out a big post about why. And uh, those that had my information beyond Facebook still will maintain to relate. Uh, That's wonderful. And so I don't miss what I've never lost because I keep it with me in my heart Um, Not Facebook itself, but the fact that it connected me to other people that I I put in my prayers and meditations every day. I, I hold the world in love and light in my meditations and my prayers every day and include all of those individuals from Facebook every day every day and uh, I'm continuing to allow the universe to show me all these opportunities for ways of raising this conscious vibration I've been meeting new people that are raising the vibration and continuing in this year to to uh, meet family members that I've never met before that are my new sister goddesses and my new brother loves who oh, are raising okay. the vibration and the universe is constantly bringing them to me people who are uh, really making a move in their lives to do that. And, uh, and I'm able to then take what I'm putting out there and have a meeting of the minds and, and come together so that we can supplement each other's experience and, and, and continue to grow. It's like, you know, I go, I, I love my chocolate, and someone else says, I love my milk. I just love plain milk. I love plain milk. I just love my chocolate. I love my chocolate, chocolate. And there are people out there in the world that want chocolate milk. And so the universe has been very gracious, humbly so, to bring the people who love milk and to bring the people who love chocolate together to create chocolate milk because it's that combination that gets a chance to give other people in the world something beyond my own ego of loving chocolate and beyond the ego of someone who just loved milk. Absolutely. And it's been really, really wonderful. My necklace program, my—I uh, told you I've been doing the, the yes. my kindness necklaces. And I've last passed year, many of them out to people I love. Amen. And last year I wanted. To do uh, in 2016, I vowed to do 10,000 acts of kindness on the planet individually, handmade, and I surpassed that and made 14,000. Wow! So uh, this year, one of my goals is uh, I gave I gave some to um, a friend in Connecticut. And there are incarcerated women that she volunteers with who are coming out, and so they get the basics they get clean underwear and sanitary goods and paper goods and a, a knapsack full of all the necessities that you might need when you're when you're coming out and trying to uh, reform yourself in this new world out here that's moving so fast uh, but my necklaces she includes my necklaces; so they have something personal to know that they're thought about and they're loved and 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 put out there that that there is someone who loves you, someone who cares, someone who's thinking about you, someone who wants to support you in, in all that you will continue to be and in your greater yet to be. And so this year, while I still do that, I'm going to continue to make them and put them in little pouches that say, if you found me, I'm yours, love, peace and blessings to you. Oh, I love that. And I'm going to do 10,000 guardian angels, too, that say, hi, I'm a guardian angel. If you found me, I'm yours. And I'm going to leave them throughout Los Angeles. I'm just going to leave them at bus stops, and I'm going to leave them in restaurants and bathrooms and, and, and in grocery stores and shelves and, and libraries. And I'm going to leave them everywhere in movie theater bathrooms and, and, like I said, cafes and Starbucks and, at you know, sidewalk cafes on tables and chairs and in parks. I'm going to leave them fantastic. At, at business offices. I'm going to leave them everywhere. And when you find it, it will have that little sticker on it that says, if you found me, I'm yours love, peace, blessings to you. And my, my goal is to see people who are going to connect through these little charms that say, where did you find yours? I found mine here. And, and just connect. Find something that is of a commonality, even if it is through a little talisman, because the talisman is not the gift. You are. It's just a way of connecting you in the fabric of all life and in the fabric of love.
2: It's beautiful. I I have given so many out to so many special people, and uh, all of them are so thankful to have them and come and tell me later, I I still have it. I still have what you got me. Um, And I thank you for allowing me to be, um, uh, you know, sort of like one of Santa's elves. You're a conduit i 'm thrilled and any any time you need me to pass anything out, uh, you let me know because absolutely I, I think they 're so beautiful and Thank and, you. and they have your beautiful energy in them, which is why you are a blessed conduit and it was it
3: was an honor for you to to do that because they were already um, through you energized even more so um, to support people, whether they're completely aware of it or not and um, i'm also doing i 'm doing that on the twelfth the Sunday at a conscious vibrational Um, gathering of people. And I said, I'm going to bring a thousand or more, and we're going to sit around, and we're going to make them, and then you're going to take them, and then you're going to share them. So instead of me sitting back in my apartment and making them on my own like I did for 2016, I'm just going to have a bunch of people um, at this conscious vibration gathering an event in Hollywood this Sunday, the 12th, uh, and just... Just make a whole bunch and sit and talk and and meet people for the first time and, and hang and vibrate with each other and make necklaces and share and pray and love and drink and eat and laugh and, uh, like I said, meet. It's and wonderful. then, then take them home with you and take extra home with you so that you can continue the vibration, you know. Because, like I said, in 2016, it was just me. Um, and then me passing them out in, in quantities and bulks to other people. But now I get a chance to sit with other people and put that vibration out there. And as we continue to talk about how we can, um, better our community through love. Uh, and step away from politics for a moment, step away from what the legislation is doing for a day, and step away from the media for just a day to have a couple of hours together to do that. You can go back to it. You know, we will all go back sure. to the, the, the world, the three-dimensional world and politics, but to step away from it, to put a, a love energy that is focused love energy, focused intention energy into that two hours or three hours together and then le- and then spread out. It's wonderful. And and is this a group out.
2: you've met with before?
3: No, this isn't. Um, a few people will be, but a, a friend of mine, who is an amazing brother of mine, um, I call. He's one of my closest brother loves. His name is Prabhat, and what he's been doing for years and years and years is finding events that will raise the vibration and consciousness of veganism, of compassion, of love, of humanism. And he has been doing this for years, and he brainstorms with other people to find venues to do it at, to create venues to do it at. And he's been doing this for so long and raising the vibration for so long that I'm, I'm inspired by him, I'm in awe of him, and I'm grateful to him for him allowing me the opportunity. Uh, and this year, the first thing we did together was he has this, this conscious art space Um, in Hollywood, right off of Hollywood Boulevard, that is a donated space where people can come together to see art, to hear music, to tell jokes, to raise the vibration, to do lectures, to do talks, um, and just have this venue to, to talk about and share people who have come out with books and people who are doing amazing things and people want to do lectures and people want to do Q&As and, you know, to do conscious work and to conscious life work. And his whole life is about conscious life work. And he is absolutely, absolutely amazing. And so the first thing he asked me to do was to come out and do a speak uh, to do a, to speak about. Um, the spiritual journey and how to take the practical walk you know in the spiritual so journey so glad through, you're doing that and it was amazing and wonderful that night um, I was only supposed to speak for an hour and we started about 8.30 8.45 and when I turn around uh, by the time I get home I don't wear a watch and I just know that, you know, everyone was raised. I felt raised. It was amazing. It was such so a great beautiful. high. And that by the time I got home, when I got in and looked at the clock, it was, I think it was 1.15, 1 a.m. Wow. So, you know, time passes quickly when you realize there is no time, yeah. but you're sharing this powerful energy that you take with you, you know, that there is an equal exchange between you and others who really are uh, uh, intentional in, in, in giving back to the planet. And it was just really, really wonderful that I I, I said, I want to do this jewelry program, too, where it's just we sit around and make these necklaces and, you know, and just share and give and love and receive and then go off, you know, and multiply that energy after that and multiply that energy. So
2: beautiful. So beautiful. You'll have to connect us. I'd love to meet you. I do.
3: And there's another person I think you would love on your show who I also met there. He is a doctor. He's an oncologist. He's a professional oncologist and his name is Dr. Kin Vu, V-U-U. And um, he is slowly but surely phasing himself out of his practice to do something called the Live Again Project. And what the Live Again Project is, it's a nonprofit organization that takes people's stories of cancer from family and friends and those um, who have cancer and tell their stories so that they continue to live, continue to share, continue to give, continue to be honored, continue to raise the vibration through the telling And through you telling stories of them so that other people know that there is hope, that there is joy, that life continues. Like you said, that your mother gave you this powerful exchange that you can continue doing what you do to be a light in the world and that that light represents her and you both. Mm -hmm. He's doing this project and he's slowly moving out of oncology to do this. Until then, he's still a doctor. But I think he, he... I think he deserves another—I he, think he's doing an internet radio show, but I think he needs to, to have a real radio show. But he definitely needs to be a guest. He's energetic. He's a wonderful. He's amazing. And he's dedicating his entire life uh, and to move his focus and his shift from medicine into raising the vibration of those who have passed and raising the vibration of those who have been left behind. Wow. That's beautiful. And it's called the Live Again Project. And I think it's liveagainproject.org. Or the dot Yeah, it's either liveagainproject.org dot or liveagainproject or the liveagainproject dot org. And it's an it's a phenomenal site to begin with. And anything I can do to help raise his vibration, I think he'd be an amazing guest. He and and my brother Love Prabhat. I would love it. And and what is uh, Prabhat's uh, venue called? Um, I'm not sure. I think it's called the Conscious. Um, the creative consciousness or conscious creative art space. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure of it, but and I it's need in to. Hollywood? But you, it's in Hollywood. And what I would love to do is introduce you to them and them to you and have them on your show and find out more. And I think your audience would definitely benefit. I'd love it. Absolutely.
2: I would be honored to have them on together, separately. You let me know. With you, without you, you tell without, me. I, they
3: are so dynamic and so amazing. They need the space. That's wonderful. I would, I would not be here, but I would be listening. They they would just send so much love and energy out to to those who have transitioned and those who are in transition and those who are still here on the planet that loved them who are finding a challenging time on their own journey. And, and at the same time, he's there to support and bridge that sorrow into a greater sense of
2: celebration and empowerment. It's, it's powerful. The TheLiveAgainProject.org. Be honored to have them. We need to take a quick break, and then we're right back with you with more of the, my wonderful friend, Deborah Wilson. It's Raising the Vibration right here on LA Talk Radio. I'm your host, Sheena Metal, and we'll be right back after this.
1: You're listening to Raising the Vibration with Sheena Metal only on LA Talk Radio.
0: Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio.
1: As difficult as it is to believe, there are places in Africa where human traffickers sell albino children and their body parts for use in magic rituals. Humanity Healing International is actively working in Uganda to change this paradigm. The Albino Rescue Project finds albino children who are at risk and places them in safe schools and environments where they can learn and grow free from fear. To learn more or to sponsor a child, visit humanityhealing.org. Humanity Healing is where your heart is.
0: California legislator sends Bill SB 524 to Governor Brown to protect youth against institutional abuse. This bill would regulate residential programs notorious for abusing, attempting to convert LGBT youth. Let's be the change. Every child deserves to be treated with dignity and humanity. Stand with the Los Angeles LGBT Center and SIA organization against child abuse. Support SB 524. Go to PYIA.org and let your voice be heard.
1: Alcohol-related harm affects us all. Everyone knows someone who's been touched. Alcohol-related harm ranges from lost jobs to serious mental and physical disease, from ruined family life to property damage, from violent crime to homelessness, death, or prison. Go to alcoholjustice.org and sign up for Action Alerts and E-News. Then you'll be ready to add your voice to many others when it's time to call for action that will reduce alcohol-related harm.
4: Hello, this is Larry Russ, former keyboardist and vocalist for Iron Butterfly, and I'm here to tell you about that abuse is an
2: epidemic in our world. Abuse has many forms, spousal and child abuse, sex and human traffic victims, and sexual abuse. Musicians Against Abuse wants to do
4: something about it, and you can help. Contact maabuse.com. That's M-A-A-B-U-S-E dot com. Join me and let's do something about it. Maabuse.com. instrument and has developed into an incredible voice in today's music so many types of guitars so many styles of playing all sorts of gear how does one make their voice be heard as a guitarist my name is Jeff Floro and welcome to all about guitar Where we talk tone, we talk technique, we talk gear. Where we discover how we can become better musicians in a world of constantly changing technologies. Where we take a good look at everything guitar. And sometimes not exactly guitar, but just as important. So we can be more successful as a musician in today's music scene. So, join me 8 p.m. Pacific Time, 11 p.m. Eastern Time at www.latalkradio.com on Channel One. And let's explore all about guitar.
0: When Debbie Fragner gave birth to Maddie, she imagined a world of possibilities. But when her daughter was diagnosed with cerebral palsy, a neurological condition that impacts a person's ability to move and maintain balance, she had to adjust her expectations. Cerebral palsy affects 1 in 323 children in the U.S. While this diagnosis may limit Maddie's physical abilities, it doesn't limit her ability to dream. Maddie is now 9 and has a dream to dance, which inspired the creation of the Children's Cerebral Palsy Movement, a nonprofit dedicated to the design and funding of innovative therapies that address not only the physical challenges of these children, but their dreams as well. As part of their Community Giving Day program, Whole Foods Market will donate 5% of net day sales to our movement on June 15th at their Tustin location and June 22nd in Newport Beach. Your purchases on these days will help further our cause. For more information, please call 714-746-4085. That's 714-746-4085.
3: Entertaining. Cool.
0: You're listening to L.A. Talk Radio.
1: You're listening to Raising the Vibration with Sheena Metal, only on L.A. Talk Radio.
2: It's raising the vibration right here on LA Talk Radio. Uh, you can find us at latalkradio.com, dot com, Radio dot com, and don't forget to join uh, my new movement of peace, love, kindness, and unity. It's called I am raising the vibration of the nation and the world, and we're at vibration dot com. And in just a few days, just in three days, we're going to be three months old, and I'm so proud to say that we are almost sixteen hundred strong on Facebook. And uh, everybody there is wonderful. And I'm having a wonderful time learning from all of you and your wonderful comments. And we're all raising the vibration together. We're one human family, and we're in this together. My guest all this show is my fantastic friend, Deborah Wilson. Uh, And we're talking about all things uh, spiritualist, humanist, artistic. Um, As an artist, Deborah, um, it's important for us, right? I mean, we tell stories. And stories need to be told, always. We need to make sure that never goes away, the art of storytelling. uh, Sometimes, for some people, it's easier to get spiritual messages through true stories, nonfiction, documentary. Some people need to get it through narrative stories. It's easier for them to get the message if it's coming through a story uh, with characters that are made up in a writer's mind. Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. And you know what? All those stories are going to be the same. And what I mean by that is they're going to have the same themes because we are a connected fiber of energy. And we've come into this human form and, and in these three dimensional forms and these carbon based life forms, not only human beings, but all things on the planet are carbon based life forms. We get the opportunity to uh, continue to cyclically go through uh, experiences over and over and over and over again for our greatest and highest good, which means uh, the stories of love, hate, joy, peace, sorrow, sadness, suffering, and then we turn them in the, in the narrative world, in the creative world, in, in the entertainment industry is we say, boy meets girl, boy loses girl, boy gets girl back, you know? Sure. All of those things. But if you'll notice that every story, whether it be a story from someone's experience or whether it be a story from someone's imagination, all have the same elements, which is love, loss, redemption. They all have the same elements, fear, sorrow, joy. There isn't anything that someone hasn't experienced in the way of emotion that is so different from anybody else that we can't relate. We can choose not to relate. We can choose to feel different and create a sense of separatism. Um, But. On an emotional and empathic level, we are all experiencing those emotions which draw us closer together instead of using our ego to separate them by saying, my story is still different from yours. I agree. Um, And as creators, we get a chance to bridge The differentiation between the story that someone tells that is an experience and then creatively and artistically making that experience part of a narrative so that the human vibration gets gets validated so that we all have the opportunity what we're doing is we're cooking up this creativity to create an opportunity for people to move closer to themselves and see themselves in others i
2: i completely agree i i think that uh that you know when i watch something artistic a film a television show theater read a book i see a connection to a story uh by the emotions that are in the story so i can watch a movie about uh you know um a runner i'm not a runner but I know what it's like to want something. I know what it's like to feel proud when you do something well. You know, we all basically want the same things as human beings. Absolutely. We, we want to know that we matter, that, what we, that we matter somewhere in the world, that we're good at something, and that somebody loves us. And so I think we, the
3: stories are real, that are really huge, especially nowadays, are stories in which the, the character, the lead character, never gives up. Yes. where there's been this sense of failure somewhere in the life of love of what you want to do and how you want to do it and never giving up and Absolutely. continuing to, to the end of that movie until they find their dreams. Yeah, you know, And I that's a really powerful like theme. And I think now, more than anything else, where people are feel strained economically uh, on so many levels and wondering what the future is going to hold economically because of the political change. And so I think the idea of never giving up allows us to see how we are a part of something that can succeed, that will succeed, that we believe has the possibility of succeeding, and therefore we're putting everything that we have to put together in order to take that journey to success. And watching movies like that is really, really, really wonderful and amazing. Of I People agree. coming together to succeed at something either as, as, as globally or as an individual, as an individual opportunity uh, for, for us to go, see, I can do this, and now I'm being validated in the process.
2: I agree. And also, I think films that show some kind of um, spiritual enlightenment or uh, uh, spiritual connection, movies about the supernatural, uh, f- things that have a spiritual element are so huge right now. Yes. Especially on television. So many television shows are rooted somewhere in, in the supernatural and in things that are beyond the three dimensional world that we're really looking and seeking as, spe- as a species.
3: We are. And we're looking beyond ourselves. We're looking beyond ourselves. I think we recognize ourselves and go, I don't like the, 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 the id and the ego of this. But I also know that that can be the center of the drama that pulls me out of it. Whether I'm watching it and it pulls me away from the nature of things or whether the id and the ego are so powerful that something takes and distracts you from that where you've got to pull together. In other words, an alien invasion. Now it's not just a matter of the individual finding a way to survive. It's connecting to all the other individuals who have different personalities that come from different walks of life because it's now survival of the species. Um, and that's being done a lot when it comes to uh, uh, The Walking Dead sure. and all the shows about zombies because all these zombie apocalypse shows are about how we as a, as a, as a species of human beings can, can survive. Yeah. And it's difficult. And the losses that go with it that make us stronger, that make us more violent, but also are allowing us to survive and thrive in a world in which the backdrop is everything has been destroyed. And so how do we continue to survive? And I think people are drawn to stories like that because for them it is a cycle of finding how to survive in the next year, the next four years, um, and continuing to, to, to know that economically that everything they've invested in and is not, in not going to go away. They're not going to lose their homes. They're not going to lose their jobs. Um, and that they can continue to maintain the lifestyle that they have. And seeing others who don't have that on film makes you grateful. I think also a lot of these films and a lot of these television shows in which the backdrop is something dire, a dire experience, allows you also also, at the end of it, to breathe and feel uh, grateful for what you do have.
2: Absolutely. Well, and I also think as human beings in the real world, uh, we're never closer than in the face of disaster, right? Post 9-11, post Hurricane Katrina, uh, post the tsunami in Indonesia. When a horrible thing has happened, people run and flock and huddle together. Yes. And then as things get better, unfortunately, people get separated again and they start... You know, bickering over the sm- they start sweating the small stuff once again uh, so I think we like shows where we see this, this group of people who've huddled together and become a family because of the direness of the outside elements you know the, what's outside the cabin what's outside the tent all of us sticking together doing our part and I think Walking Dead is a beautiful example of that of a show where these, these people have become a family because they had to become a family yes And we want to see that. We want to see the togetherness. And uh, we want to... A friend of mine um, did a couple of seasons uh, and still does on and off on Supernatural. And I've been booking his band for years. So he invited me to come to a convention and see his band play. And I thought it was going to be a bunch of people who loved Monsters and the Supernatural. But what it was was a lot of people who love the idea of the family that these monster hunters have put together and how they stick together to fight the outside force and they will t- they would tell you these diehard fans that supernatural, if you ask them what it was, they would tell you that it was a it was a show about family before they would tell you it was a show about monsters. Really? And I thought that was so interesting that there's a connection within these shows, and I would imagine Walking Dead fans are a lot the same. That it that I think that a lot of us as human beings that feel lonely or feel disenfranchised or feel like we're not sure where we belong, we're constantly searching for family. You know, I grew up really without a biological family, just my mama. And so I, too, was always looking for family. I get it. I've built a tribe because family is very important to me. I did not grow up with one. Uh, So I think a lot of people in the world feel like, like societal orphans in a way and they're looking to find their tribe to find their family absolutely especially as they continue
3: to transition in, in discovering the make and measure of who they are i mean that is never one of those things where it's done uh you're always cooking in the oven essentially sure. absolutely and and as the world changes you are continuing to cook in the oven to 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 continue to transition the make and measure of who you are because um some of the things in the physical world that will support your continuing transition is your age, uh, yeah. your health, uh, and your, your status. Uh, and all of those things, your, your your finances, the job you have if you retire, if you economically move. And I found that a lot of people that I've known are leaving Los Angeles uh, because they just say it's, it's, it's too much of a rat race. And, and financially, they just don't want to be able to handle the burden of being on a wheel that that allows them to keep running in order to, to, to keep up appearances. And so people that I didn't even know left, I was told by other people, no, 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 they're in Florida now. No, 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 I'm going back up to Northern California. No, 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 I'm, I'm, I've moved here, I've left. I'm out in Oxnard I'm no longer I'm on I'm no longer on Facebook. I've, I've done these things. People were saying it was a choice between trying to again keep up appearances and work harder to maintain what I've always had but because economics changed, I've got to work twice as hard to keep what I had you know and I've always had before it was like, okay, here's what I do to maintain this. But now in order to maintain this, these prices have gone up for this and this and this and this. so now I have to work harder to maintain what I would normally maintain last year and it's the same stuff but yeah. I, I have to work harder to maintain it and, and you know and so a lot of people are saying I don't want to do that anymore and they're finding a greater inner peace and they're finding um, their their selves they're continuing to find their selves in the process and I think that's a beautiful thing and going back to what you were saying about supernatural you know imagine all the people who started watching it initially and thought it was about monsters and thought that that's what they were going to get because they were big horror fans and then started to see themselves more and more and more and sure. have empathic experiences to come to the place in which their maturity after watching season after season said, I, I, I get it. I understand. I went from understanding what the show is to understanding what the show is in terms of how it represents me. As opposed to how it represents supernatural and monsters and entertainment. Now they're saying, this is how the show represents me. And, and, and telling you that, you know, you getting the opportunity to see this band and then people telling you that, they're telling you something about themselves. And that's the beautiful thing. They're talking about the show, but they're expressing about how they feel about themselves and their community yeah, and their tribe. Yeah.
2: Well, I also think that uh inside of every paranormal based show, many of them, there are many lessons, and there are also many things that that people maybe don 't know about about angels and about uh, you know uh, i think I think supernatural is an example of a show that 's covered everything but it's it 's good for people to to learn about the spiritual world, and we live in a country where Sometimes people were raised, you know, very Judeo-Christian, and they feel like it's it's not okay to explore things beyond that, to explore their spirituality beyond that, to uh, visit social circles beyond their community that they were raised in. And sometimes television, movies, comic books, uh, you know, uh, reading, plays, books are a wonderful uh, way to you know branch your your grow your enlightenment past your own backyard. Absolutely. And, again, I really
3: believe in building the make and measure of who we are through all experiences. Absolutely. Including, most importantly, including the what-if experience. Yeah. What if? What if that is true? What yeah. if that is real? What if? What if you were in that situation? The what-if experience? People have a tendency to go, those who are very, uh, you know, the realists you know we'll say well what if but that doesn't exist i can make up a what if and i'm like absolutely then please do that's my point make up a what if and how would you continue to experience that what if if you were you know and how you choose to experience that is something you can then be grounded in experiencing in the world while putting that what if in the closet sure you sure know? absolutely
2: so, so for you, when did—I mean, I think, you know, we are constantly being enlightened, and I'm sure you have your whole life, but when did you really sort of make that fork in the road towards um, r- really full steam ahead towards your own personal spiritual growth and enlightenment and, and humanistic growth in the, in the process? It's
3: always, been, it's always been there, but the catapult uh, happened in, in 2012. The catapult happened, in fact, on Easter— of 2012 and uh, talk about a resurrection yeah absolutely it was really really powerful for me because uh the messages that came through from the universe and directly from god were really powerful because they were conversational and so i would get information i would ask questions and things were coming instantaneously and immediately to me uh that were not of me that were through me but not of me Uh, because I didn't have these answers, and the answers were given. And some of the answers took me by surprise, and at one point I had a a very angry conversation with um, the universe. I had a very angry retort to uh, what I experience as God, that higher consciousness, intelligent presence that was spiritually and psychically uh, just with me in that moment and speaking directly to me and through me. And once I got an answer that I didn't like, I kind of I got a little angry and then my ego came back out. And then once my ego was quelled by visions, I was given visions at that point because I, was, I wouldn't shut up and I was angry and frustrated that I wasn't listening any longer. And when I wasn't listening, I was given a, a psychic vision in nanoseconds of experiences in the past. I mean, they, they went through in the blink of an eye And most importantly, even though they were going through instantaneously in my third eye, the most important thing that God put through me, put forth through me, was how I felt about myself in them. So I got a chance to live these life experiences in this vision, and then how I felt about myself, which I really didn't pay attention to, and seeing the the connection with how I felt in this section of my life and in this juncture of my life. And then the puzzle began to be very, very clear that it was a fabric, and then the fabric was very, very clear of what it was, almost like a tapestry. And you get to look at the whole aspect of the tapestry and go, I, I, I see how I experience things, and that gives me an inner peace. I know the the violence and the sorrow and the sadness and everything that I experienced in the past towards myself uh, with the low self-esteem and the loathing and all of those things of that dark nature. And now I'm not judging it. Um, I'm not sad about it. I'm just looking at it for what it is, almost like dissecting it necessarily like a doctor does. Sure. Uh, I don't hate the vein. It it is what it is, and here's what it does. I'm just aware of it, and I know that it's delicate. So now I'm looking at this delicate tapestry um, with a sacredness, and that sacredness continued beyond that. And I said, I'm only here to be of service because the answers that I received are so clear and concise and so concrete and so real that it is the only fodder I need to move forward. It's the gas that I need to move forward. And I realize that I don't need anything else to take with me. I mean, I don't, if I stopped at a gas station, I don't need anything other than gas. I don't need to go in and pick up this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and and load this, and this, and this. I just need to move forward. I want to move forward. I'm supposed to move forward. um, And my, my, my focus is to move forward, that I don't take the time to go into the gas station and get a tabloid and a Slurpee. I just want to move forward. And as I continued to move forward, the answers became clearer and clearer. And I became more powerful in that awareness and empathic nature in my relationship with God and in my conversations with God and that I just knew that my life belonged to that energy. Uh, The wholeness I felt, the joy, the peace, the illumination I felt was so empowering. Uh, The answers that I received on a larger scale, let alone my own experience, was so powerful that I knew that, that this God dwelled within me, through me, as me, but it was still an infinite presence that was surrounding me, um, and an infinite presence that is a culmination of all living things, uh, seen and unseen. And as I continued to recognize that no matter what question I had about the universe, I got answers. No matter what questions I had about the nature of this God, I got answers. And uh, those things continued to give me inner peace and allowed me to experience an abundance and joy from within, and so powerfully so, that I knew what the Garden of Eden was. I knew what heaven and hell was. And as I continued to manifest this peace and this power and this profound abundance, I began to manifest on the outside an abundance that I had not experienced before, a powerful abundance that was different from what I believed was material abundance, an abundance of things that were going to dictate who I was in a society, like uh, 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 the abundance of money, the abundance of a job, the abundance of a status or a home. All of those things uh, fell away when it came to what true eternal abundance was from within. And I continue to let God show me the nature of abundance and for my eyes to be open to recognize that. And because of that, as I continue to move and matriculate through the 2017 that is, things haven't changed in terms of now everything's going to be honky dory and roses and, you know, there are unicorns on my doorstep. <laughs>
2: uh, there aren't unicorns on your doorstep?
3: There aren't. Uni- Unfortunately, they have ne- I've seen them in commercials, but they have never manifested on my doorstep. And as I continue to move through the human experience um, of the three-dimensional realm, how I experience it and how I choose is different because I'm experiencing it from the abundance inside. So I take the world around me. I recognize it for what it is. I absorb its beauty and allow that to be abundant in my heart and my soul and and align my chakras so that as I continue to walk through the world with rose-colored glasses, I see, see things for spiritually what they are. I recognize the truth in all living things. In all living things, I recognize the truth of God in all living things. And because there is a joy and a profound empowerment, that's all I want to see. I only want to experience things as the nature of God. And I just put that in my prayers and meditations to continue to evolve in that regard and that to only be of service that way. I get such a deep inner peace. Such a deep inner peace. And as I'm continuing to have those things, I'm recognizing that it's the consciousness that is the Garden of Eden in and of itself. And as I go skipping through the garden on my own and I'm skipping through the garden in such a joy the universe goes well you're not paying attention to work opportunities so we're gonna bring things your way so just when I feel like my coffers have been emptied the universe continues to fill it up because my faith allows me to let that go because of the abundance I feel on the inside and the universe continues to show me what abundance looks like on the outside so I can continue to on a practical level move forward and take care of myself you know, so it's not a matter of. So important. It's not, yeah, it's not a matter of I feel such faith that I'm not going to work and I'm just going to let everything happen and see it, where it goes. Right. It's like, no, I've got to make these steps. But as I continue to make these steps, I'm making them, you know, married to my faith and my belief and my trust, married to my knowingness of the God spirit within me, married to and convicted to how I experience the nature of all human beings with the eyes of God. And as I do that, watching the opportunity where I can then step in and go, I see that as opportunity. I'm going to take advantage of that. That opportunity has popped up. I am now going to activate that opportunity. I'm going to make choices in that opportunity. And I start start book work. I will just continue to book work. And on another practical level, when I go in with such energy and such love and such desire and such gratitude, people get addicted to that energy and say, I want to use her again because she is grateful for the work. She's enjoying it. She gives a 1,000%, and she's pleasant to be around, and she's great at what she does. She's convicted and committed to creatively bringing all the stuff to the table that we had in mind, and she wants to uh, uh, please the situation in which she's giving the best and we're receiving the best. And therefore, let's not, let's not book anybody else. Let's keep Deborah going for this. You know, and it's happened that way a number of times. It's amazing. A number of times. It is amazing because it is the, na- the natural order of the universe. It's the natural order of our relationship. It is the natural order. It's like biofeedback. It really is. It's like biofeedback. It does work. It does work.
2: Well, I think that there are things that are meant for everybody. And certainly you are, in, in, in your soul, there is a huge part of you that's an artist. You're a very talented artist. That's one of the things that you bring to the earth. So certainly uh, there are ways where the universe utilizes what you have through your talent. And there are things that are meant for you. If we all just let go of the panic and the desperation and relaxed and surrendered into the universe and allowed the things that were meant for us to drop into us. And that's really been, you know, my lesson of the last eight years here at LA Talk Radio, which started with a huge surrender uh, when I was driving home one day. And I said, you know what, if if I'm never going to have another professional radio job, then I'm not. And I'm okay with that. And I'm thankful for what I have. And I'm going to open up a nightclub and book musicians and uh, maybe teach acting and in another space next door and start an improv group and live my life and be a teacher and retire. And the next day I got the call and I got this job. Wow. And that began my lesson in how it's not about throwing yourself, like you said earlier, up against a door that's never going to open it's about being in a partnership with God in the universe and allowing the universe to decide what belongs in your life because frankly uh they're they're much more evolved than we are here in soul school so why wouldn't we trust them you know it's it's so funny how many people have gurus and therapists and you know, life coaches and acting coaches, but they won't trust any of the signs the universe is trying to send yeah. them. And they'll, yeah, but they'll trust these human beings to tell right. you how you should right. move through your experience. Right. But when God is standing in front of you saying, hello, hello, you need to do this, they're, they're just la, 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 and they're not listening. And when I started really listening and waiting for the right things to fall into my lap, I have never worked more as a creative entity i've never worked better as a creative entity i've never had more creative opportunities in my life as when i finally learned to surrender and when i decided that it wasn't that i was going to have the career that i wanted it was that i was going to do the work that the universe wanted me to do yes and that the universe put me here as an artist for a reason. And now has put me here as a humanist and a spiritualist for a reason. And it's been the same thing over the last couple of years. You know, everything has been pulling me towards the spiritual. Every time I turn around with good intentions of doing something, I get pulled in a spiritual direction. And I just follow divine guidance. I know that a lot of people think that that's, you know, that's too woo-woo, but it's but it's not. And, and you know, you, we've been friends for years, and you know me. I'm actually a very... Practical brass tacks, you know, East Coast Irish girl. I'm not, I'm not somebody who's like, oh, look, it's a a speck of dust. It's a sign. But I do believe that that complete connection to the universe comes with allowing yourself to be guided. Absolutely, and God wants us to be happy. To yes. find
3: joy in the instant moment, because when we're happy, we have a moment to be still. To be grateful, we have a moment to bring up our vibration. As we bring up our vibration, which is like an antenna, our energy, our chakras, when we bring up that vibration of joy, it's like an antenna to bring more joy in and to receive answers in. It's like putting up an antenna so that you can receive an answer. Absolutely. And it's powerful because then we pay attention to those things that we then call women's intuition and gut instincts and hunches and know that that is the nature of God working through us as we put our antenna up but just to be in a space of joy as opposed to uh, uh, dictating that space of joy in order to receive something. Absolutely. Which Absolutely. is manipulation and not love. But everything that God does is is, is love and it's only love and there's nothing else other than love and, and to give of itself, to completely give of itself. And so as we continue to experience that, we have the opportunity to find a deeper inner peace and that's where we can listen to the voice of God. It's always in desperation when we feel like, we're not enough that we listen to voices that are yeah. three dimensional like having like you said the gurus and the teachers and the spiritual teachers and the life coaches that's because you feel you lack something and you want to go to somebody else for something that you, are, that you feel like you're lacking like they're going right. to supply you and they can't you know why they can't fill up an empty space because you're not empty you're full, you're whole, you're complete, and you're perfect. You just don't believe it, so therefore, you continue to search for something that you already have, which is which is why most people never stop the search. It's like being a a,
2: a, a full time student. Sure, sure, and and it's okay if you want to use utilize people for guidance as a secondary guidance. But it doesn't replace your connection to the universe. Absolutely, it's in addition to. Yes, if it makes you feel great to go to a therapist or um, a spiritual counselor and pour your heart out because you want someone else to 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 tell you what they think and you want a non-biased ear in your life to listen, it's just fantastic and it's healthy and it's completely healthy. And I I know people that have had wonderful success with all of those different things: coaches. But but it doesn't replace the connection to the universe Absolutely. because that's your that's your divine guidance. That's where that's where it's all coming from. Um, you know, a therapist, a life coach and an acting coach, they're all lovely, but they're, they're not going to give you what you want in life. You have to get into this place of where your vibration is ready to go. And it's the universe that bestows.
3: Absolutely. And no more than anything else that you're already whole. Yes. We have a tendency to believe that we're not. And therefore, we're always trying to fill up those things. And we continue to perpetuate that idea only to realize that we're, we're whole. I mean, it's like, why don't I get filled up? Because you're already filled. Yeah. You're already whole. So you're supplementing something as a vibration that says, this validates my wholeness. Yes. I may not be feeling whole right now, but I must know that I am and that this experience with this therapist or this guru or this life coach or this acting instructor is there to validate and supplement my wholeness so I can get back on track with, my, with, with the knowingness. That I am whole. I may not feel that, but it's getting back to the knowingness so that you have a you have a goal in mind for an altruistic uh, 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 end and you know to justify the means it's an altruistic awareness of of the equation as opposed to i don't know what the equation is going to be but i'm hoping that with this teacher and me i'll hit this place but you're already in that place consciously you're just not aware that you are you're not accepting it you're not accepting it. You're not seeing it. You're not allowing yourself to validate it because you think it's over there, but it's in you. Yeah, it already exists and dwells within you. You get an opportunity to matriculate through the experience that when you mm-hmm. get to that place, you realize it's always been within you in the begin with. It's like the Wizard of Oz. You know, you've always had that. You've always had the method to go home, Darth. You've always, yeah. you've always had it. It's always been in you and it's always been with you. It's always been with you. It's not taking things for granted, basically. That's what the Wizard of Oz, uh, of of many things, it teaches me. It's not taking anything for granted. Absolutely. It's not taking anything for granted. And when you do, you're always searching for something, which is why Dorothy saw a reflection of other creatures that were missing something or felt like they were missing something as well.
2: Absolutely. So so for you— what are the most important things for you that, that, in order to raise your vibration? What does is, what is, what is raising the vibration mean to you?
3: Well, on a practical level, raising the vibration means staying in the moment and doing things that you find joy in. Um, I recently took up a new musical instrument. I love unusual and, and, and ancient musical instruments, and I play four of them.
2: No, tell uh, us the four. I know you play didgeridoo.
3: I play didgeridoo. I play nose flute. I play ocarina and i just recently started playing an instrument that is one of the oldest percussion instruments in the world which was founded around 3000 bc and it's called uh musical bones have you heard of the irish bones yeah i play bones oh wow yeah i started playing bones i heard someone play it and that vibration hit me so that percussion vibration hit me so strongly and I didn't ask the person what they were playing, and I never connected to them. But I kept trying to find and research what this instrument was because I saw him in his fists, and I heard the clacking sound. Yeah. And I didn't know if they were castanets or what they were directly. And so I kept researching things, like putting in ideas of uh, two sticks two clacking sticks or whatever. And eventually, I came to a number of websites that talked about the musical Bones. And when I found it on YouTube, I said, that was it, that was it. And so I decided that I'm supposed to be playing those. I want to play those. That's a vibration that's deep within me, the same as the didgeridoo. And I love playing Bones. I've been playing Bones now, and I have a number of them. I have a couple of vintage Bones and some fabricated goat Bones from plastic, which are blue plastic, that are called uh, my Blue Bones. And um, I just, I absolutely love playing them. But they were fashioned years, you know, thousands of years ago absolutely. from goat, uh, goat rib bones or mostly cow rib bones. They're perfect to do Celtic dancing. Absolutely. To. They keep the beat. They keep the beat. And they've been used in Celtic percussion. They've been used in minstrel shows. They really became popular in the United States during the minstrel period um, of music. Uh, and, yeah, they were popular in Mesopotamia uh, 3,000 years ago. They've been mentioned in uh, religious and spiritual texts uh, uh, thousands of years ago. Uh, They were also called clappers in China. They've been used in China. And so it's interesting that I'm connecting to all of these different cultures that really found a rhythm and a beat and a pulse to celebrate life and enjoy music and enhance um, and supplement these beautiful vibrations of sounds and music. Absolutely. And, and, and it's a really powerful thing for me. So instead of it just being a musical instrument or percussion instrument, I feel so connected to an ancestral vibe of humankind. I
2: was just going to say, all of those instruments are so old.
3: Yeah. And they're all so indigenous rooted.
2: Yes. But they're all a different kind of indigenous people.
3: Yes. I feel so connected to, and, and grateful uh, that I picked up this instrument that I discovered this instrument that someone else was playing it and I took the opportunity as opposed to watching someone else playing going yeah cool and going on my way I, it, I mean it was so deeply rooted within me when I heard it I, I instantly went I'm, I, I have to play those I have to find out what that is it's
2: amazing so the nose flute is that South American or is it Indonesian the, the, you know when people think of the older version of the nose flute
3: it's literally a flute that you put in your nose and yeah. play with with little holes The one that I'm talking about is sort of more like a modern version of the old idea of of what it was. And you actually put it to your nose and it's plastic um, or PVC and you play different notes and music with your nose.
2: It's like wow. a plastic apparatus. But that's going di- to. But the didgeridoo is kind of like that too, right? Where you breathe into it, and as you breathe into it, you play the different notes with your mouth. Yes, but with the didgeridoo, the thing is, with the didgeridoo, the sound is different
3: because you're not making different tonal noises uh, uh, the same way that you're making. It because the vibration of of the sound that goes through the wood, right? Uh, eucalyptus, Aboriginal goes through the wood is going to be one particular tone but you get a chance to modulate those tones to a certain degree through the vibration because you're fluttering your lips to get the sound which means it's a vibrational instrument.
2: It's wonderful.
3: You're not using a reed because a reed with a woodwind instrument Right. Becomes the vibration. Becomes the vibration. True. And then of course the holes and then your fingers over the holes when it comes to woodwind instruments make the tone. But with with the, the didgeridoo You're flapping your lips so it becomes a vibration that bounces off the wood and goes through. And so it depends upon the density of the wood and the length of the didgeridoo where you get the tone, and then you get to modulate the tones to a certain extent and and affect the tones with your mouth.
2: And then what is the fourth thing?
3: An ocarina. Ocarina is very old. The Japanese used to play ocarina in South America, and they're clay flutes. They're round, and they can come with either six to eight to 12 holes. But they're made of clay. They almost look like pottery. Uh, the Japanese versions, the Asian versions, sort of look like uh,
2: submarines. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm looking at them. Sure, I know what um, that is. I didn't know what it was called.
3: And uh, They're beautiful. They're beautiful. And
2: they're are very they're well clay? Them Is them. that and what they are? They're made
3: of clay. Okay. They're made of clay, and then they're fired. So it's ceramic. Yeah. And uh, I started playing that, and, and it's one of those instruments. These are the four instruments that I picked up and started playing instantaneously. These are the four instruments I picked up and was like, I don't have to learn how to play this. You know, I took piano lessons as a kid and I couldn't even play at my own recital.
2: Yeah.
3: I had a recital and I couldn't play at my own recital. I just cuz I couldn't read the music and I was never into it and I was so bored that my piano teacher would put my fingers on the notes. She would have to literally <laughs> use her fingers to place my fingers on the notes because I just wouldn't I wouldn't play. And I couldn't read music and I didn't get it. It was it was all Greek to me. Uh, so to speak. But these are instruments I picked up and immediately and instantaneously was able to play. Wow. It's like they were, they were vibrationally within me. And so right. part of my spiritual journey is to just accept these amazing gifts that were given to me for, the, for no other reason than joy. You know, a lot of times we feel like, okay, once we surrender the universe, there is a power and there's a plan, there is a precise uh, a presence of God within us, and we have to move and we have to focus on these movements and, and wait on the Lord's time for these movements. And a lot of times the system out of here have this, have fun, (laughs) have fun, relax and enjoy because you never know how that is a part of the purpose of why you're here and to share with others because it's never just a matter of us moving in such surrender that it's about our journey um, to give back. Sometimes the universe gives us uh, a journey to just enjoy and then by not even paying attention to it, We come into an experience in which we get a chance to share that joy and somebody else's vibration gets uh, 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 lifted, not because we were trying to lift it, not because we wanted to be of service and were supposed to be of service and needed to be of service and obligated to be of service because that's what we said we were going to do. That was our vow and our commitment. It's a matter of I'm just having this experience in life and the universe just gently, gently brings me into the next experience because I am so clearly at peace and at joy and at celebration in the garden that I guess I come upon and what's brought upon to me is other aspects of the garden that I can continue to enjoy as well with others.
2: I agree. I sort of think of myself as like a, a spiritual firefighter, you know, sometimes you just sit around and make each other spaghetti mm-hmm. and then when you get the call for the fire you go. Yes. So you're you're always on duty, but you're not always needed. Yes. And sometimes you just need it in little tiny ways. Sometimes it's just you need to smile, make somebody's day. Uh, tell somebody what they did was important. Um, tell somebody that you're thinking about them. Sometimes you're needed in a bigger way, mm-hmm. and somebody one-on-one really needs you, and you just sort of wait to be told where you're to go next. Absolutely,
3: absolutely. I feel, for me, it's that, it, it's that vision of me sitting in a park, sitting in the garden, and I'm just playing my ocarina, or I'm playing my didgeridoo, or I'm playing my nose flute, or I'm, I'm just fiddling with my, my, uh, my rhythm bones. And someone else comes along and says, "Hey, what's that?" And I get a chance to share. You know, it's, "Hey, what's that?" I love that. What is that? And I get a chance to share with them. And um, yeah, I'm so I'm I'm really I'm really digging playing, and it gives me a sense of of peace and joy, and rhythm. My body moves with it. My mind moves with it. My heart moves with it. And it is uh, a another form of meditation and prayer. That's what I think I I see it as. It's beautiful. A a, a meditation and prayer. So it, it really is part of the practicality as well as the practice of prayer and meditation. So beautiful.
2: Thank you so much for doing this. Will you come back and we'll do this again?
3: I'm so looking forward to it. And I'm also even more so looking forward to introducing you to Dr. Ken Vu and
2: Prabhat Gautam. So excited to have them on all of my shows, and uh, I would love to get you back on on Haunted Playground and the Sheena Metal Experience oh, as well, surely. and get you to talk some more because you you have such a, a beautiful soul, and I'm honored that you allow me to be the facilitator for sharing it here at L. Well, talk how Radio.
3: sweet of you to see yourself in uh, me.
2: <laughs> if you missed uh, any of this. You can go to Raising the Vibration Radio. The archives will be there. Also, you can find the information um, up on com. That's how you can find out everything about my new movement of peace, love, kindness, and unity called I Am Raising the Vibration of the Nation and the World. And, of course, always at LA Talk Radio. And I am on social media in service all the time if you want or need to reach out i'm at sheena metal everywhere i'm on facebook i'm on twitter and i'm on instagram it's raising the vibration right here on la talk radio every monday night from 7 to 9 p.m pacific time we are here we are putting love and kindness and into the world to create peace and unity and we are always perpetually asking what can i do to make the world a better place thank you for listening we'll see you next week i love you all and it's a joy to host this show for all of you to listen to
1: you're listening to raising the vibration with sheena metal only on la talk radio
0: Irreverent, entertaining, cool, you're listening to LA Talk Radio.